great singing this morning. Grab your Bibles with me. We'll be in the book of Habakkuk. We will read through the entire book as we begin this study on the book of Habakkuk. Uh, I read through it a couple times already. It's 10 to 15 minutes, so don't be too discouraged by that. Before we read, let me get situated up here. Uh, before we read, let me just give a, a brief rundown of the book of Habakkuk, uh, figure out maybe help as we would read this, what we're going to read, uh, context of what's going on, things like that. If I can get this podium, this music stand to move, we'll just forget that. All right, here we go. Uh, let's talk about context here. Let's talk about, before we talk about context, let's talk about this. Paul writes a letter to Timothy called 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. He encourages Timothy to give attention to readings and doctrine and prayer and some of these other things. And, and just in my own heart, like this is just where we're at and, and, and why we're doing it this way this morning. I, I feel like there's this tendency of American church where we spend, we read three verses and then we talk about them for 40 minutes. And I know that's a bad thing. But, but I think there's a gift of, of the Word of God to the church corporately that we get to read it out loud together. I mean, I'll read it out loud in just a little bit. You follow along. And, and then we're going to follow that up in discussion group. And, and we get to share what, what the Holy Spirit worked on our heart. Like, the, the, this is powerful. Just, just reading it by itself is powerful. Right? We stop, we think, we contemplate, we discuss a little bit. Like, all those things that are good for us. And, and so my heart in this is we're going we're gonna to go and take a couple verses at a time and I'll preach and we'll spend 30 minutes or whatever on, on sections. But as we would open up the, the whole series here on Habakkuk, like I just want us to read through the whole book in one sitting together and then let's just sit around and talk about it in a discussion group. Okay, and am I, I, I don't know how to, like, this is one of those times where like the discussion group, I don't know what it's going to look like. Because we might be like, I got nothing from Habakkuk. That seemed a little weird. Uh, it might be weird. Like, wait, but, but, but again, like, I, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do something as we would read this together as a, as a church body, and that will be blessed as we would share the thoughts that, that we've learned or things that stood out and, and things like that. All right, so let's get in a little bit of the context then. Habakkuk. If we think about Habakkuk, you probably think Old Testament. You probably think minor prophet. And so as a prophet, our mind goes to some sort of prophecy that's probably hard to understand. Like just... Just being real, that's what we often think of a prophecy in, in the Bible. And yet the point of this book, there is prophecy, but the point of this book is not about prophecy. Like that's not, like the point of this book is the conversation that Habakkuk has with God. And, and we get to, we're allowed to kind of hear what's going on. Okay, so, so in this conversation that Habakkuk has with God, chapter 1, he, there, it's a lament. Uh, the the Nazbi, which I read out of, the second word in verse 1 is oracle. It really just means burden. Like the Hebrew word there is burden. Like this is the burden. This is the lament that Habakkuk has. And it's this Hebrew poetry and all these things that are going to be at play. And, and, and he, he, in essence, I'm going to use this word, though this probably isn't the best word to use. He has this like complaining session with God. Like and we're allowed to hear it. And we're allowed to, to read it and kind of join in with that. Okay, so, so as we read through Habakkuk and Hebrew poetry and, and like they're talking about Babylon, we don't think about Babylon much anymore. Like, okay, there's going to be some thought where Habakkuk's like really old and not that applicable. And yet all of us at some point in our life have probably had some temptation, desire even to be like, God, can I just complain to you for a second? Like what I see uh, you doing in the world today, what I see going on in the world, what's happening? Like God, this doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem right. Like, like can I just can I just vent? Maybe we'd use that word. Like we're, we're welcomed into that. 
As Habakkuk is going to take four verses here to start and, and just be like, God, here's, here's the struggle. What are we going to do with this? Right? And so, so what's the struggle? Though? Let's, let's just understand what the struggle is. The struggle here, we're not going to read the verses. We'll read them in a second. But the struggle here is violence. The struggle here is injustice, injustice, unrighteousness. Like he sees that in the people of God. It's not that he sees this in all the nations around him. Like, like the people of God who know better, who have the law of God, he's saying like, God, they're not obeying your word. Like, like this is not how you intended your people to be. Okay, so, so as we think about Old Testament, uh, unrighteousness, wickedness, some of these things, there's a really smart guy named Bruce Walke. He would say this. The righteous and that's the Hebrew word that he's using up there, are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. Okay, so as you think about, like, the number one commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind. The second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Like, those two commandments is, is this picture of what? That it's not about me, but it's about the people that are around me. Right? So, so this idea of righteousness, this idea of justice in the, in the Hebrew Bible, the context that it's going through, oftentimes refers to the disadvantaging of ourselves for the advantage of the community. However, the wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. Right? So what are we seeing in this text? What we're going to see, I think, is this picture of, of people, people of God one, and then Babylon two, who would disadvantage other people for their own advantage. Which, again, if we just stop and think about that, is that not 2023? I, don't, I try not to be political, but we probably could think of politicians that would promise something so that they would get a vote and then they disadvantage the people that they should be representing so that they can advantage their own personal gain. Right? You see it in families. Like a parent, uh, some situation where maybe the parents die and their siblings involved and they like disadvantage their own siblings so that they can have more of the advantage they want. We see it in churches, sadly. Church leadership will disadvantage the people in the church, and at their disadvantage, there's advantage to the leadership. Right? So again, like, like this idea of, of unrighteousness, uh, this idea of w- wickedness and sin, like, like this is happening in our culture today. This isn't some like, hey, this happened in Israel and God's people. and like No, like the context is, is a couple thousand years ago, but the reality is that this is 2023. Right? And so, so I, as we read through this, I don't want us just to kind of uh, Old Testament, you know, like, no, this fits us. Okay? So just going to walk through the, the, the overview here. Just walk through the outline, if you will. Chapter 1, Habakkuk has this lament. God responds to that in chapter 1. God's response, I, this is, I mean, this is so us, right? This is so just humans. God, what are you doing? Is first lament. God responds to that. His second lament is this, God, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Like, I want you to do something. God says, here's what I'm going to do. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, is that not how we would handle it? Chapter two is God's second time talking. And in there, you're going to see the word woe multiple times. Woe is just this picture of here's judgment that's coming. There will be judgment on people who, who do this. And, and this judgment is broader than Babylon. Like, we're going to talk about Babylon. That's the context of Habakkuk. But I think chapter 2 is even going bigger than Babylon. So as nations would rise and fall, as people groups would take power, and we can think back, like, all the way back to Exodus with Egypt. You can think back to Rome and, and their ruling they had. You can think of other nations and empires, whatever. Like, like they all have some of these things, chapter 2, some of these characteristics. And, and God would say to all these nations, to all these people groups, well, like judgment is coming if this is how you would respond. 
And then chapter 3 is Habakkuk's prayer. And uh, to me, it's just a very powerful prayer. Like, and I would encourage you as we would seek to memorize a portion of Habakkuk, uh, you might, reading through this morning, you might be like, man, chapter 1, something there is really, okay, great, go for that. If you're not sure where to land on what to memorize, I would encourage you to pick something from Habakkuk 3 in its prayer, specifically 16 through 19, the last four verses or so of the, of the book. Um, so if you are memorizing Scripture, great. You don't have to leave that to do this. But if you are not memorizing Scripture, I would encourage you, as we walk through Habakkuk chapter 3, 16 through 19. Um, all right, so that's that. I got one last quote, and then let's, let's dive in to Habakkuk. This quote is from a, a man named Ken Fentress, uh, PhD, smarter than I am type guy. Okay? Well, the prophecy of Habakkuk is one of the most challenging. Let me pause. I've already, I've already ruined it, but let me pause. Um, this is not to like build us up. Like, it's, it's meant to encourage us. But this is not like, oh man, uh, he, Ken's going to call this one of the most challenging books in the Bible, and we're diving head. Like, no, this isn't like we got this. Like, like this is a, a more of a warning of what we're about to dive into. Like, we need the Holy Spirit, we need prayer, we need each other. Because what we're diving into in this series of Habakkuk is not necessarily light and easy. Like, like I think it's going to be easy to understand the majority of the message of Habakkuk, but it's going to be hard to, like, maybe accept it. It's going to be hard to, to like, how do, what do we do with it? Like, I understand the words on the page, but, but this concept of what he's getting at, like, that's what's going to be more challenging, okay? So I'm not saying, like, hey, look at us. Ken thinks this is really hard, and, but, man, we got, like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying here's a warning of what we're getting into. Like, this is, this is real, and, and it, it's, I think it's going to be worth it, and, and Fentress is going to acknowledge that in just a second. All right? Pretend like I didn't read. We're going to start it from the beginning. The Prophecy of Habakkuk is one of the most challenging and engaging books in the Bible. The issues Habakkuk treats are profound and complex. There are no easy answers to be found in the book of Habakkuk. It demands serious prayer, thoughtful reflection, and persistent reading over and over again to attempt to understand the truths that are contained in this prophecy. Yet for the Christian who dares to take the challenge, the spiritual rewards can be immense. Habakkuk's prophecy contains deep truths of the gospel that few Christians venture to understand. Contained with his oracles is the gospel according to the prophets of the Old Testament. Though at first Habakkuk struggled to understand the way of God, he would come to a point of total surrender after receiving the word of God and a uh, a vision from God. Habakkuk's journey is the journey of every believer who seeks more than a mere simplistic knowledge of God and superficial faith in God. That, that last phrase, that, that simplistic knowledge and superficial faith. Like, the statement, like, God's in control is 100% completely accurate, and we can, we can hang our hat on that, or however you want to phrase it, like, true forever and ever. And yet I feel like Habakkuk is going to wrestle with that. And I, and I feel like, for some of us, God's in control sounds really good, but maybe not in the season of life we're in right now. Like we doubt it, we struggle with it, and, and yet what, what Ken Fentress is going to invite us into is like here's a, here's a deeper knowledge of God, here's a deeper faith that you can have in God because of this book. Okay, so with that being said, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw, how long, O Lord, will I call for help? And you will not hear. 
I cry out to you violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. Here is God's response, verse 5. Look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished. Wonder. Because I am doing something in your days. You would not believe if you were told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, or the Babylonians, same people, that fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. They mock at kings, and rulers are are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up rubble to capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on. But they will be held guilty, they whose strength is, is their God. Habakkuk's response, verse 12. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We will not die. You, O Lord, have appointed them to judge, and you, O Rock, have established them to correct. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why do you look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? Why have you made men like the fish of the sea, like creeping things without a ruler over them? The Chaldeans bring all of them up with a hook, drag them away with their net, and gather them together in the fishing net. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they offer a sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their fishing net. Because through these things their catch is large and their food is plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slay nations without sparing? I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Verse 2, the Lord responds, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Furthermore, wine betrays the haughty man so that he does not stay at home. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol, and he is like death, never satisfied. He also gathers to himself all nations and collects to himself all peoples. Will not all of these take up a taunt song against him, even mockery and insuations against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his, for how long? And makes himself rich with loans. Will not your creditors rise up suddenly and take, uh, and those who collect from you awaken? Indeed, you you will become plunder for them, because you have looted many nations. All the remainder of the peoples will loot you. Because of the human bloodshed and violence done to land, to the town and all its inhabitants. Woe to him 
who gets evil gain for, for his house, to put his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of, of calamity. You have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many peoples. So you are sinning against yourself. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall, and the rafter will answer it from the framework. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with violence. It is not indeed from the Lord of hosts that people toil for fire and nations grow weary for nothing. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to you who make your neighbors drink, who mix in your venom even to make them drunk, so as to look on their nakedness. You will be filled with disgrace rather than honor. Now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you, and utter disgrace will come upon your glory. For, for the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and the devastation of its beasts by which, you, uh, by which you terrified them because of human bloodshed and violence done to land, to the town and all its inhabitants. What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it, or an image, a teacher of falsehood? For its maker's trust in his own handiwork, when he fashions speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a piece of wood, Awake, to a mute stone, Arise. And that is your teacher? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all inside it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Chapter 3, here's Habakkuk's prayer. The prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigenoth. Lord, I have heard the report about you, and I fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God comes from Taman and from the Holy Mount, uh, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens, and the earth is full of His praise. His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand, and there is the hiding of his power. Before him goes pestilence and plague comes after him. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan under distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling did the Lord rage against the rivers, or was your anger against the rivers, or was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, on your chariots of salvation? Your bow has made bare, the rods of chastisement were sworn. You cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and quaked. The downpour of waters swept by. The deep uttered forth its voice. I lifted high its hands. Sun and moon stood in their places. They went away at the light of your arrows, at the radiance of your gleaming spear. In indignation you marched through the earth. In anger you trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You struck the head of the house of the evil to lay him open from thigh to neck. You pierced with your own with. Uh, you pierced with his own spears, the head of his throngs. They stormed in to scatter us. Their exaltation was like those who devoured the oppressed in secret. You trampled on the sea with your horses on the surge of many waters. I heard, in my inward parts trembled. 
At the, at the sound, my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I tremble, because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, Though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The, the Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hinds feet, and makes me walk on my high places. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to read this book this morning. Thank you that in a couple minutes we'll get to talk about it and, and ask questions and, and share, what we, share what we've learned even just from a reading of it. God, we thank you that you are a God who is in control. We thank you that you are a God who, who would listen to our prayers. God, as you would listen to Habakkuk, as you would respond to him uh, in, in your wisdom and your knowledge of, of of what's happening, God, we, we are thankful that we, even today, can come to you in prayer. We can come to you and bring our struggles. We can come to you and bring our laments. And that you hear us and that you respond. God, you, you already knew the situation before Habakkuk brought it up. You already had an answer to Habakkuk. You already, you already had a plan in, in, in place. And so, God, we thank you that you are all-knowing, that you are all-wise. We thank you that your ways are so much higher than our ways. For some of us right now, we feel like we're waiting for you to do something. We're, we're waiting and, and we're watching. And, and whatever our circumstance, whatever our situation might be, God, it's, it's, it's almost like you at times don't hear it's like our prayers don't get through the roof. And yet, God, even from just this reading this morning, we can be confident that you hear us, that you already know our situation, that you already have a plan in place. And so, God, help us to rejoice. Help us to rejoice in your will. Help us to rejoice in your strength and your might and your grace. God, I pray that you would bless this series over the next month and a half or so, that you would bless this series that we go through, that as we would seek to dive in and study your word, that it would, uh, it would be rewarding for us. We would have a deeper knowledge of you. We'd have a deeper faith and, and trust in you. So God, use this series in, in our lives individually. Use this series in the life of our church. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.